Welcome to the KT Literary Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Nyan. Madeline Langle once said in an interview, you have to write the book that wants to be written. And if the book will be too difficult for grown-ups, then you write it for children. I can't think of a better way to describe Jen Petro Roy's books. She's the author of the books P.S. I Miss You, Good Enough, and her brand new release, Life in the Balance. We actually talk a lot about balance in this episode. Balancing honesty and humor, adult problems in a children's book, creativity and quarantine. And one thing that's abundantly clear is that... And as we talk, one thing that's abundantly clear is that Jen is a student of children's literature. Before her life as a writer, she was a librarian, and her love and respect for her young audience shows in her work. So join us as we talk about her new book, Life in the Balance. Jen Petro Roy, welcome to the KT Literary Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here. I've been listening for ages now. Oh, thank you. It means so much to me <laughs> that our clients listen. And now to have you on, it comes full circle. And I'm so excited to have you here today. Jen is the author of the forthcoming Life in the Balance. Wait, it comes out next Tuesday, tomorrow? It does. Tuesday, February, 6th, February 16th. So a little more than a week. Can you talk to me about the little bit, a little bit, we're just going to dive right in, um, about the inspiration behind Life in the Balance? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've always loved writing books about middle school kids kind of dealing with, I guess, quote unquote, hard stuff. Um, I mean, I think that I used before I was a writer, I was a teen librarian. And I dealt with a lot of kids who came in the library and here were looking for not necessarily like serious books, but books about stuff that they were going through. Like they, sometimes they said like, you know, I don't want anything like super lighthearted anymore. Like I'm, I'm growing up out of this. And I was like, well, you don't necessarily need to grow up out of things. You know, I still like reading books about unicorns and everything. Those are always fun. But they were sometimes looking for just like books about stuff that they were going through. And I think kids need to be able to see themselves in books um, and realize that, you know, if they're going through a hard time, they're not alone. Um, And so Life in the Balance is about uh, 12-year-old Veronica, um, and she has always played softball uh, throughout her entire life, basically. Her mom was a competitive softball player. Um, Her grandmother was, and she is just really super into it. And she's finally old enough to try out for the travel softball team in her town. Um, You know, and her mom said that she'd help her get ready for tryouts. And right before tryouts, she finds out that her mom is actually checking herself into rehab for her alcohol addiction, Um, which doesn't come as much of a surprise to her, Um, although it is kind of a surprise that her parents are finally talking about it. Um, And kind of as a result of this, while Veronica is dealing with her feelings about her mom's addiction, she realizes that because treatment costs so much money, she may not be able to afford the fees for travel softball this year, which kind of sends her into, you know, just being, you know, some angst, um, because this is, you know, everything she's been wanting and everything that people see her as for her whole life. She's, you know, a softball player. So she decides to team up with a teammate, a a friend at school, a new friend at school to raise money by entering the town talent show. And in the process, she realizes she may have a new love for singing. And kind of as she 
finds that love, she's starting to realize that she may not want to dedicate her entire life to softball and there may be more parts to her. Um, so I think the inspiration for this was kind of twofold. Um, for one thing, my best friend is a recovering alcoholic. Um, she's been sober for years now, but she has two young kids. And, um, you know, we've had some conversations about, you know, what it was like to be in rehab when her kids were young. And they don't remember a lot of it, but they're more aware of what it's like, like what happened now. Like they understand, you know, what their mom went through. And it kind of got me thinking about, you know, what it would be like to be in middle school and have that happen to you. So kind of Veronica grew out of that a little bit. Um, and also the kind of the softball angle. I'm a mom. I have two young daughters and they're not quite in middle school yet, but they're nine and seven. And they're at the age when I feel like a lot of their peers are already starting to get into sports or into activities and almost there's this pressure already to specialize. Like this is the thing you're into, you know, you're a good gymnast, even though you're only like seven. So, you know, let's take gymnastics so many times a week and, you know, let's do this travel swimming team, you know, every day. And I just find that really interesting for that age group because, you know, this is still the age where kids are still trying to find out who they are and, you know, what they're into. And it's just kind of sad to me in a way that, kids specialize so early that if they get a new interest in middle school, it's almost to their detriment because they're focused so much on this one thing. So I really wanted to kind of explore that push and pull of, you know, what happens if you really love something, but you may not want it to be your whole life. And I think that's really echoed so much in our society now too, and that, you know, we always have this push to be amazing at certain things. And, you know, it's okay to be okay at things. And, um, you know, I, I think that I was trying to explore both of those things, you know, especially since, you know, for Veronica's mom, you know, her addiction was partly a way of escaping and um, kind of echoing that desire and that, you know, that need for balance in her daughter. That is absolutely incredible. And if it doesn't make people want to run out and go, I've already read the book, but it makes me want to go out and reread the book. I oh, just adore that answer. And I think you're right. There's something that's so beautiful about middle grade in there's you're questioning the main character is always questioning who they are within their family unit and, and how they fit. And also they're trying to find their way in the greater world and, and try and become an individual. Um, and I think that's one of the pitch perfect things about Veronica. Um, just like you mentioned, that that comes through in the story so beautifully. I really love middle grade because of that. I mean, I, I read a lot of YA and I think mm -hmm. that, you know, young adults definitely do have that bond with their parents. You know, parents are still important to them, but I feel like YA is a lot of, it's just really focused on that separation you know they're about mm -hmm. to go off to college or they're planning for college and they're you know really establishing themselves within their friend group and I just I love middle grade because you can there's both you know you still have to figure out who you are in your family but you're also figuring out who you are within your friends too um and I feel like I try in my books to kind of talk about both of those balances and I think that really echoes you know even like for adults who read you know middle grade and YA like you know I know that as an adult, I'm still figuring out who I am in my friend group. I'm still figuring out who I am within my family group. And I, I think it's just, it's something that 
just lasts that that balance and I think middle schoolers are starting to figure it out for the first time absolutely so what is can you talk to me a little bit about the delicacy of writing like big issue books because your other books uh, and I'm specifically thinking like good enough um your other books also deal with really big issues um, for that tender middle grade age, how do you find the balance between like being real and um, being authentic to the kids' experience, but also not being too heavy? I think the biggest thing for me is making sure there's humor in there. Um, mm-hmm. And just like the silliness that middle schoolers get into, Um you know, like dripping popsicle juice all over themselves or, you know, like burping and, you know, getting super embarrassed by that. And I I think that even if you're dealing with something delicate or something tricky or something heavy, you know, there are still moments when you're a kid. And I think it's important, like, at least I try to find that balance. Um, Like Mm -hmm. good enough, it deals with a um, a 12-year-old girl named Riley who's in recovery from anorexia, from an eating disorder. Um, And I drew upon my past experiences a lot with that. I'm recovered myself. Um, and I just remember that even when I was in treatment, I was a little older than Riley, but like, it was still kind of ridiculous at the same time. Like, um, you know, like if people are learning how to eat more, like this sounds ridiculous, but you fart a lot. And like, I, I echoed that in the book. So like, there's like a fart joke and like, you know, it's, it's not just heavy. It's, you know, there's funny stuff too. Because, like, these kids are still kids, no matter what they're dealing with. And I think that if someone is, you know, in middle school and they're struggling with something, you know, whether it's a parent who's dealing with something or whether it's their own, you know, mental health issue or, you know, economic situation, Mm. I think they want to see themselves in a book, but also be able to know that everything isn't going to be awful forever. And Mm. I think that for me, I try to infuse that hope into all my books, um, that no matter what you're struggling with, that it can be okay. And it may not be okay for a while. It may not be okay in every moment, but, you know, there is that glimmer of hope. And I think along that journey, you know, there are hard times, but you can see that roller coaster, but eventually it does go up no matter how many ups and downs it takes. Um, And I I just think finding that, you know, that balance is so important because you need to see yourself, but you also need to escape at the same time. What kind of uh, books did you read growing up, even like when you were in middle grade? What's your like experience as a reader been and and what brought you to writing? Yeah. So I was definitely that kid who was always reading. Like I have all these pictures when I was little of like me in the corner, like reading a book. Um, I was super obsessed with Babysitter's Club with Sweet Valley Twins um, and all those other random like 90s books like The Fabulous Five and like the Sleepover Twins um, like any like series that had to do with friends I was just so into and I think that's a lot of the reason why I gravitate toward these books with that explore you know friendship and growing up and I mean I guess there were always like the issue book of the month for Babysitter's Club right Um, and I I also read like, you know, Nancy Drew and Anne of Green Gables was pretty pretty much my still my favorite book of all time. But I read a lot as a kid. And I mean, I kept reading when I was older. I feel like once I got to high school and college, I think it kind of trailed off a little bit because just everything was just, you know, the work and 
you know, um, you know, balancing life with schoolwork. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I was, I was sick for a while. So I was in treatment when I was, you know, like I was talking about with good enough. Um, but I have kind of always had that book and I've always wanted to write too. I remember when I was in third grade, I wrote this play about a witch, like kidnapping a girl and my class performed it. And I think my parents still have it somewhere, but I I know. So I always wanted to be a writer. Um, and I never really, but I never finished anything until I had my first daughter and I stayed, I stayed at home with her. Um, which I loved, um, but I also really missed working in some way or like kind of having something for me um, besides, you know, being spit up on in those first few months. So, you know, I had been a librarian and I've always wanted to write. And I just, like I said, I never really finished anything. I think the most I got was, you know, two thirds of the way through something. And then I just kind of petered out and I said, okay, well, let me try to finish something. And, um, you know, I finally did. It was just something kind of I did on my own, you know, when she was napping or, you know, early in the morning after she, you know, woke up and then went back to sleep and I couldn't fall back asleep. So Mm -hmm. I finally finished something and I revised it and, you know, I wrote something else after that. And, you know, eventually my fifth book that I wrote sold and um, which is my debut P.S. I Miss You and it, you know, was my, the fifth book I wrote. So I just Mm -hmm. kind of, I think once I finished that first book and realized that I could finish something and realized that, you know, I could finish it and it was okay and I could revise it and make it better. And I started realizing that, you know, I, I really like doing this. Like it's, it's hard, but I like doing it and I want to see, you know, what can happen. And I set a goal of being published and, you know, luckily it happened. I mean, for a lot of people, it doesn't, you know, yeah. when, you know, a lot of, like, I have, I've had people ask me, like, you know, you know, how did you get published? And, you know, you must be so good. And I was like, well, I've worked at it, but it's also, I also really think it's so much of it is luck and so much of it is timing and so much of it is just continuing to do it. Like, you know, if I had stopped at some point, which I was really tempted to so many times, you know, when I was frustrated, like, I could have been like, a bunch of other people out there who are way more talented than me and, you know, could have gotten published. So I just think it's such a balance of luck and timing and, you know, skill, especially nowadays when just everything is up in the air and, um, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, it, it's all, it's been something I've always wanted to do, but I guess I, until I really vowed to myself that I would do it, it never really kind of started. So I always tell people that publishing is, there are no overnight successes. It is just so much secret hard work that you, that is thankless and uncelebrated. And it takes so long. And then when that lightning bolt hits and everyone's like, oh my goodness, where did this person come from? It's because they've been doing the work quietly by themselves probably for years. Yeah. And it's so interesting when you see that sometimes and you see like the media celebrating someone as an overnight success, but you've kind of followed them for a while before then. And you're like, well, I've seen this person on Twitter and like, you know, they've been writing for like five years now. Like what's, so it's, it's, it's interesting to notice like how everyone seems to celebrate that, you know, flash in the pan, like media star thing, but 
it's really just sometimes it feels like a slog, you know, I know that, you know, during COVID, at least it's, it's been difficult, you know, like finding the time to write or the creativity or the motivation to write, um, you know, especially balancing being at home with everyone and, you know, <laughs> educating my children. <laughs> but I, I think I'm just, I'm just trying to be easy on myself too and say, you know, if I get work done a few times a week, you know, and I, you know, make sure I make time for myself, um, you know, it doesn't have to be every day because, but, you know, as much as I can and I, just as long as I keep going until, mm. and hopefully until things go back to normal. <laughs> That's the best advice I think has <laughs> ever been on this show. Just keep going. Just keep going. Exactly. That's amazing. What, um, what kind of middle grade books are you reading right now? Um, so I just read, I finished reading, um, actually Newbery honor winning Erin um, and Trada Kelly's Redream of Space, which was yes. so good. It's like interwined, intertwined three perspectives from three different members of the same family. And it all happened kind of around the perspective of the Challenger disaster, which mm-hmm. was a little before my time. Like I was super young, I think when it happened, like I don't remember anything of it, but um, you know, of course I've heard of it growing up. I live in Massachusetts and Kristen McAuliffe came from Framingham, Mass. So it's something that had always been like, talked about you know when I was growing up but it was such a good book and just the way she captured all of their voices she's amazing um I also just read an advanced reader's copy of Starfish by Lisa Phipps um it comes out this summer I believe and it's a novel in verse and it's about a basically a a girl who is fat and you know those just the the things people say to her and the way Mm -hmm. she pushes back and gains her self-confidence and learns how to like starfish. Like if you picture a starfish, like putting her arms and legs out and like taking up space in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I, you know, like I said, I, I, um, you know, I'm really big into eating disorder advocacy and and just the way she kind of confronted this idea of it's okay to take up space in the world. And it was just so well done. I was super pleased with that. Um, and what else have I read? I have also, not just middle grade, but I've been super into cozy mysteries lately, um, which is just so funny. I kind of want to write a mystery one day soon because it's just, I think in this past year, not just cozy mysteries for adults, but just like, cozy, you know, just kind of lighthearted mysteries for kids. I think it's like a small problem in a small town and everything gets wrapped up by the end of the book. And I think just in this year when everything's been so up in the air, it's been so nice to just be like, all right, I know everything's going to end happy and the mystery's going to be solved and there's going to be steps people take. And those have just been kind of what I've been, if I've been stressed out, I've just been gravitating toward any kind of not a gruesome mystery, but kind of a light, just lighthearted, small town, you know, a detective who's like a librarian or a baker or, you know, anything like that. It's just like exactly what my mind needs lately. It's so good. They're so good. It's so bad. My husband sees, like, if I bring them home from the library, he looks at the cover and they all, the covers all have like these awful puns and he just keeps groaning and he's like, what are you reading? And I'm like, oh, they're so good. <laughs> you got to see this title. It's awesome. I was thinking a couple of months ago about rewriting um, Agatha Christie books for middle grade. <gasps> That'd be so cute. But there's the body problem. That's you know, true. You can't have too many bodies. Anybody? That is true. You know, like they, maybe, you know, they did Anola Holmes based off Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes, but that's true. Like there were no. 
extensive dead bodies in those. You know, it's yeah. a little different when you're in middle grade and you find someone poisoned or something like that. Right. That's a really right. good point. And <laughs> so that, that and Agatha Christie's works almost all are still under copyright. So that's yeah. one day. That's- one day someone will do that. Figure it out. Yeah. I hope so. Anyone's welcome to have the idea. I <laughs> can't do we'll give it away. Yes. Since we are a literary agency and part of what we do is answering queries, I always love to turn the tables on our clients and ask you a few questions. So, Jen Petro Roy, are you ready for Quick Query Corner? So ready, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Can you describe your work in progress for me in three words? Three words. Okay. Um, Cave diving, rock climbing, surrogacy. Ooh. (laughs) Is this another middle grade book? It is another middle grade and it has to do with, um, so it's about a girl who's dealing with her mother who is a a cave diver um, and she comes home to be the surrogate for her daughter's aunt. Um, So it's kind of dealing with, you know, ideas of adventure, um, home and kind of apparent, you know, mother-daughter bonds. So I'm working on that now and revising it. That sounds amazing. It's 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 fun. My my daughter's into rock climbing, so it's been fun to kind of watch her as research. <laughs> oh, cool! Oh, that's great. I love um, I love the the focus on sports in your last two books. Very Thank cool. <laughs> Are you a plotter or a pantser? I would say that I am a pantser for the first twenty pages. And then I stop and realize that I have to plot the rest. So I'd say <laughs> primarily a plotter, but when I, when I start, I need to kind of have that spark and just run with it for a while until I run out of gas. And at that point, I realize that I actually do have to plot this thing. So that's how it works mm. for me every single time. I think I would like to be a pantser, but I realize that I cannot sustain that the entire way. <laughs> That's so interesting. What are you looking for in that first, like, what is that um, thing that you, gr- that you grab onto at first while you're pantsing? So basically, I usually get an idea if, you know, if it's like, you know, girl is into this or a girl is having a problem with this. And I talk about, you know, I like to kind of figure out what the opening scene is and I you know imagine how is the reader going to meet her and what problems you know might she be having when we meet her and I kind of run with that for a while but then I realize that you know once I start to establish the relationships or you know try to figure out where this goes from here I I need to kind of figure that out on my own so I kind of you know I, I run with that initial idea that spark that you know oh I should write about a book about this and then I started and realized that okay I actually need to figure out what the book is about besides that first <laughs> That's interesting. I don't know if I've heard anybody with that process. That's so cool. Um, what time of day are you most productive for writing? God, um, it's changed a whole lot this year. But <laughs> I know. Um, so I'm homeschooling my daughters this year. So beforehand, when they were in school, I was usually the most productive probably right when they went off the bus, um, you know, in the morning, you know, nine to probably lunchtime. Um, now I'm not really given that time. So usually kind of after lunch now, I think I, in the day, actually, like anytime during the day, um, 
I struggle a lot with the evening because at that point I'm just really tired. Um, I think from balancing everything. So I think day, daylight, does that work? <laughs> just, totally you know, right. okay. That, yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> Whenever I can find time during the day. <laughs> Hey, that's as good an answer as any in 2020, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Any time I can. Yep, pretty I mean, much. And now spilling into 2021. I know. It still feels like 2020 sometimes. It, re- it really does. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite movie? My favorite movie, I would have to say, is A League of Their Own, which is probably appropriate since I was just writing a book about softball. Um, but I actually mention it in Life in the Balance, how it was her mom's favorite movie because her mom was super into softball, um, even though they, they do play baseball in A League of Their Own. But I just love that movie so much. Um, the relationships, the baseball, the the songs. Um, close second, probably Apollo 13. Mm. So I'm sensing the Tom Hanks universe i did not even realize that but i guess yeah that's kind of right yeah there are yeah he's been both of those so i like i am a fan of tom hanks so we'll go with that he because he's the best (laughs) yes that's true uh what do you listen to when you're writing i so i can't listen to music with lyrics usually when i'm writing because it almost is like that's a different story to me and like the story of the song messes with the story in my head ideally I mean I guess ideally I would have silence but that's pretty hard to achieve but you know I I can write with instrumental I mean I can write pretty much with kids in the background now Disney movies on in the background now um it's just like I said it's just really hard for me to write along with music with lyrics like I read a lot of authors posting about you know the soundtracks they listen to or they create their own soundtracks when they're writing for mood and that's always just been really difficult for me I think I need that space in my brain between my story and the other story that's going on if you just heard that that was my cat (laughs) hi kitty Uh, What's your favorite, I I know this is a ridiculous question, but please humor me. All right. Um, What's your favorite book? (laughs) My favorite book is Anne of Green Gables, um, I Mm. believe. I mean, I read that when I was a kid, and I think there's part of me that tries to capture a little bit of Anne and her kind of her curiosity and her her vigor and her, you know, zest for life and all my characters. Um, So I, I know I've just been in love with that book since I was a kid. And it's my dream one day to go to Prince Edward Island. So one day, one day we'll get there. You and me both. No. I mean, you know, when Americans can go places. Can go, can go anywhere, you know. It'd be great. We'll see. We'll see if that yes. happens. <laughs> it is. It's a dream of mine to take my mom because Aww. Anne was such a formative thing in my childhood as well. And my mom and my sister and I would all read it together. It's like. And did you watch yeah. the movies, of course? The only movies with Gilbert Blythe. Yes. The only movies. Oh. <laughs> I still refuse to watch that like fake sequel they made to them when she was like in World War One or something, and it just didn't match up with the timeline. And I, I couldn't like I couldn't make myself watch it. <laughs> I did, and I gave it two stars. I cannot recommend it. All right, good. I made the right decision. <laughs> you did. You did. It's not. It it doesn't have the same soul that mm. Anne had. I think it's it's missing the soul. That makes sense. Yep. Um, okay, uh, let's get through these last couple. They should be real quick. Um, 
I know the answer to this question because I met at least part of it. But do you have any pets? I have one pet. We have a cat named Layla. She is 15, I believe. So she's kind of getting Aww. on an age, but she is still pretty energetic. Um, and yeah, so just one pet. One cat. Aww, she's very sweet. For uh, those of you listening to this, Layla walked past and I saw her sweet little tail swishing <laughs> up in the air. She's very cute. Uh, do you prefer coffee or tea? I am actually more of a hot chocolate girl. Um, mm. If I'm not, a, I, I don't drink coffee. People find that bizarre. Um, but I do like apple cinnamon tea every once in a while, especially if I don't feel good or have a cold. Um, but I think I'm more of a hot chocolate girl. Yum. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, do you prefer print books, ebooks, or audiobooks? All of the above. Um, usually I have a print book and an ebook going. Um, at the same time, usually like in a different genre. Um, but in, I was listening to audiobooks for a while, like either if I went for a run or went for a walk or something, but I've been getting really into podcasts lately. So those have been fallen by the wayside a little bit. Um, but yeah, I kind of like any medium of story. Are you listening to um, nonfiction podcasts or are you listening to anything fictionalized? I more of I listen to more nonfiction ones. Like I love the I've listened to like I said the KG Literary Podcast. I love um, the First Draft Pod with Sarah Any. That's a great one for writing. Um, I also just kind of really like random ones about like sociology stuff, like um, like Freakonomics. They you know they have one like Janet stuff about like life basically. Um, Sarah Zarr has a great one, This Creative Life. Um, so there are a lot of good writing ones out there that I've been really enjoying lately. There's so even a if I, lot of good writing ones out there. Even if I can't write for the day, then at least I'm getting a little bit of creativity boost <laughs> in me. So that's something. Love it. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Since Boundless Optimism is a cornerstone of KT Literary, I always like to wrap up our shows by asking our guests what's making them happy this week. So, Jen, what is that for you? I think that, honestly, what's making me happy this week is I have been binging The Mindy Project on Hulu, and I had never watched it before, and I just needed a new show because we just finished up Ted Lasso, which I really loved. Um, if anyone has not seen that, we got a free trial of Apple TV um, through something for a month, and it was so good. So that was great, but I've also just started watching The Mindy Project, which was on years ago. I'm a huge fan of Mindy Kaling. I just never watched it and I'm enjoying it so much. It's just exactly what I needed. Just lighthearted people in the city and just, it's a really great escape for me right now. And her fashion in that it's show. It's so good. So good. It's Makes so me feel good. bad about my, my sweatpants every day. <laughs> it's, we'll just call it vicarious, right? Like we'll just vicariously live through Mindy's fantastic coats <laughs> and her amazing dresses. Totally. I love it. Well, I, I cannot give you, I couldn't give anyone a better answer than that. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Well, everyone go out and buy Life in the Balance available February 16th. And thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today for the show. You can find Jen on her website at jenpetroroy.com. 
She's also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to pick up a copy of Life in the Balance, you'll find a link in the show notes. As ever, please do rate, review, and subscribe to our show. I say it every week, but it really is like a book review. Every single one helps new people find our content. You can find us on our website at ktliterary.com and on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, we'll see you on the acknowledgements page. Thank you.